Dad Pod. Welcome this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Alright, you're very welcome along to episode three of the, uh, of the Dadcast. This thing's a shambles, but I'm glad that you downloaded it and you're very welcome along. We promise to full justice to the fact that you went somewhere on your podcast stream and uh, clicked, yeah, I will subscribe and listen to these goons talking about stuff that they're clearly not experts in. With us is the uh, usual crew, Nathan, still bragging about how well his uh, newborn is sleeping. Adrian, who won't be doing that much uh, bragging because, you know, cry before fall and all that. And Dave, how are you? Good. Yeah. Not a bother. Sleeping great. Everyone's sleeping great. Oh. <laughs> uh, how is how so we have a sleep? We should have a some sort of an interactive graphic of sleep gained during the week. You know those um, accidents, the, those sites that have the zero days since accidents. We could have like mm. a zero days since anybody actually slept the whole way through. Mm. Trying not to break the studio there, Nathan. How you're so you're the obviously most recent um, person who's had a child here. Yes. How, how is everything still going? Everything is oh, still yeah. going swimmingly. Five weeks down. My vague memory of the other two is that after six, seven weeks, that's when things properly calm down, that they sort of get into a definite pattern, and so I'm hoping that it's, it's only going to get better from here on in, until we hit the next stage of teething and terribleness. Um, teething is still actually going on, because then they, they lose their teeth, and then the new teeth come, and it's like, if you, they had trouble teething as a what? baby, yeah. So this Don't week, tell me this. Seven-year-old, like, big red face, and then oh. nearly off school. When, you're new, oh when their no. new teeth are coming down, there's <laughs> teething involved. There was, yeah, yeah. Now, it's obviously not as bad. There's no screaming, and there's right. no, like, shitty nappies you have to change anymore, thank God. But uh, um, one thing that happened to me during the week was uh, we were talking about hospitals and, like, how often we'd been to Temple Street and all that kind of stuff, and it just came up in conversation. And then, the, oh, yeah, and she, he was in for three days that time. And I was like... No memory. <laughs> <laughs> Just no recollection of it lasting three days. And I was like, no, we were upstairs in that ward in Temple Street. I was like, any recollection of visiting you there, yeah. you know, a few times. But that was it. Do you remember all the times you've been to hospital? I've been, I've had to go once, so um, it's clear in my memory. It was not that long ago, actually. And he had developed, so I was at home, uh, my wife was at work, and he, I was putting his pajamas on. I spotted these uh, little red dots. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I don't know what they're... Um, I've seen the ad on in, TV. In, in yeah. typical, typical bloke fashion, sort of. Ah, oh, look, put his pajamas on. Yeah. Be grand, put it to bed. I mentioned it to Wing when she comes home. And then, uh, anyway, she was working very late, and I thought, oh, actually, I better. I, rem- I managed to remember it about an hour and a half later, and I thought I'd ring her. So she started talking to me, telling me about the, the Tumblr test. Yeah. So I thought, all right, I'll give this a bash. I went in, sort of, he was asleep, put the glass down. Ah, oh, shit, right. The sp- so the spots are still red, is it? Is this a good thing or no? That's not a good thing, right? So, uh, rang a doctor friend and he was like, "Look, the thing about it is, whoever's looking at this is going. You're going to have to go into the hospital to get it checked out either way. Like that's just what's going to happen." Mm. So, and it was like, "Look, you could go to bed, get it all done tomorrow." I'm like, "Look, no matter what happens, um, there's no way I'm going to. I can't physically go into bed now and go to sleep while well, this is on my mind, thinking the child might have meningitis. I'll just go in and grab <laughs> a quick kid. You can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kid number three, you're like, nah, next week we'll get an appointment. Get a good night's sleep in first because you could be there for a while. Yeah. Anyway, so I went in, sort of, uh, went in about 11 o'clock. We'd given him loads of water on the way in on the assumption that at some point or another he was going to have to pee. And uh, so we thought we were well ahead of ourselves, got seen pretty quickly, everything sort of went pretty well. And. Was it busy? 
No, no, it was it was it was sort of half. Yeah, it might have been about eleven, half eleven by the time we got in. We were seen pretty quickly. To be fair, um, it was all pretty stress free in that way. But um, yeah, it was just the okay. So the doctor at one point goes, okay, um, gives us the, this little peacock and was like, okay, so we just need you to get him to pee into that. I'm like, all right, the child is like 18 months old. How do you propose this happens? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I could just envisage myself running around the hospital after your mom and that be off. <laughs> no, no, no! This hose pipe. So we, uh, we, we got him, uh, we perched him up. Uh, he thought all his Christmas would come at once. We gave him biscuits and sort of Peppa Pig and whatever the hell else he wanted, and we perched him up and put the little tumbler underneath him. And hey, presto, four hours later, he fucking beat it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? But, so uh, it's like three in the morning at this stage, yeah, half was, three, yeah, four o'clock. Yeah, it was at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. Um, and yeah, everything was totally fine. He had HSP, I don't know if you guys have ever come across that before. It was like some sort of a mild virus that he had had, and we had to go back to the doctor once a week after that. Actually, you, <laughs> reminds me, it must be due. I'll visit sometime soon. But we had to go back to the doctor once a week, we had to go back with a uh, pee cup every time. Every time, but at least we would get it the night before. Do the same routine, put the pee cup up at his Mickey, and sort of put on Peppa Pig and knock yourself out, dude. Um, but yeah, that's really my only. I have to say, so far, touch wood, two, maybe two years. Quite a few. I remember the first one with my eldest. I can't actually remember what happened to him. May have fell, something like that. But anyways, it was he was only about three months old, so oh. it was obviously <laughs> he may have just literally had a slight bang of the head or maybe at a small temperature or something but either way he was going straight into Crumlin yeah. so I was at work in my previous job upstairs in uh, Today FM and it was about 10 past 7 and you were kind of a one man band up there so my wife rang me and said I'm bringing him in you need to come in so I went fine rang my boss John Duggan and said listen gotta go nothing happening it's a Thursday night it's perfectly fine he's like yeah grand whatever fine go so I'm sitting in Crumlin watching Sky News waiting waiting breaking news Alex Ferguson has announced his retirement from Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Probably the sort of thing we should be reporting on. <laughs> Probably the You're sort pre-recorded bulletin going, In team news, ahead of the Aircom League yeah, match. Exactly. Literally, that, that is what it was. I was like, ooh, that's, that's just a fortunate timing right there. We spent a Christmas, actually, in, which, again, I sort of forget about, when our middle child now was his first birthday. We spent Christmas Eve in hospital with him. He used to be in on a semi, well, he was there about four times with some sort of bronchiolitis. You know if they just have it, they have it. Strider. I don't think it was Strider. It's what they thought it was. Again, I've just remembered this. <laughs> so our eldest had, so Strider is like where they're dying. They're like, they have this, uh, this the, the wheeze of a dying person, mm. their last breath, but they're totally fine. Right. It's like, it's just this <gasps> for every breath. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then um, they grow out of it. But the first time it happens, the level of panic that you have, especially if it is your first child, you're like, holy shit, this is terrible. It's like some kind of slight, there's, uh, okay, so again, this is the science bit that obviously I haven't a clue about, but it's um, in, the, in the airwaves, there's just like a little blockage that is just still immature and the body continues to grow and it, it stretches properly and the air can go in. But you know the way that sound <coughs> blowing over a kind of hole or mm. going down, it sounds completely different. Oh, so, yeah. Horrific. Um, yeah. Yeah, he just had, because they can't force themselves to cough at that stage, so when he'd get a cold, he had no way of coughing it up, so it'd all just gather. The mucus. The mucus would be there, so they'd have to go in and put the nebulizer on him. Oh, yeah. So... What age? That's... Well, he would have been about six, seven months at that right. stage. So it was his first Christmas Eve. 
he literally spent and was I think he was released at about three o'clock on Christmas Day. Oh, the nebulizer. We also had that. Oh my. Well, the worst thing about the nebulizer is like these are paid medical professionals. You do it. They force you to give them the nebulizer. So what you have it? to explain what it is. It's a gas so mask. It's a gas mask. Okay. But you have to put it on your seven month old child. All the mucus and all up. Hold your no, no, child no, no, down. Or just so allows them to breathe. The okay. I, I, so, as far as I know, it's uh, one of those stenozolol or whatever those, um, whatever's in the inhalers, basically. Get you up the mountain. Okay. Yeah. The VPO. Does it, so, that's what our, our nebulizer was that nebulizer. I don't know if there's different mm. things that they um, do in, but like, yeah, I've now remembered too, like wrestling. Oh. and she's screaming and inconsolable because like you're ruining her life by putting this tiny little mask on her face and then eventually you just like certainly the second time you get there you hold the head really hard and push it on and the thing goes off and you count to ten is it? Oh, at least oh. It's or is it a minute? oh it like is like they're reeling from this but actually and then it comes off and they're like can I do it when they're let's asleep? go now no because the second you put it on there, so I think you try and put it on maybe. And also, sleep, like you've gone, you, you've gone to the hospital because it's got to the point where wow. you can't. You know, it's, it's, it feels unbelievably urgent. But then eventually, your GP goes, "If you're ever really in an emergency, you can give them ten puffs of the inhaler, and it's the same as a nebulizer." <laughs> I was like, "What? Really?" So that saved us a lot of trips to Temple Street as time went on. Mm. Definitely, that was. The, so we were there a lot for nebulizers. The first one. With the third one, he had an eye infection that they said, oh, this could be brain damage. Woof. And you're like, what? And then they go in, you go into Temple Street and you're like, nah, it's, it's going to be brain damage. Who said that cream. I can't remember. Google. Somewhere along the way. Yeah. No, definitely <laughs> not. Um, you know, you just be worried about <coughs> it's lasting a little bit long. So you want to make sure it's not connected to the brain. Because the eye and the Oof. brain are pretty close together when your skull is like paper thin. So Oof. That's not what you want to be hearing. No, but I guess if What's you're... What's your firstborn? There's a third. Right. So um, At that point, you were like... No, no, at that point, it, when, they, when they mentioned that kind of stuff, you're like, yeah, okay. okay. And then the second one had um, an eye issue as well, where there would be like a single tear rolling down her cheek sporadically. <laughs> it was the saddest just thing the in the deep, world. Just the deep sadness in her life. <laughs> she understood that she had lost the, the genetic lottery and been born to us. <laughs> but they had to go in and um, stick a needle in the tear duct. So that was like proper, she had to be knocked out and everything Oof. and I had to go down to the, um, and she was tiny at that stage, like a little tiny kind of thing where you're like, oh, oh yeah, um, that's not much fun, dropping your kid in to be uh, knocked yeah. out, because like, Jesus. you've got to trust the anaesthetist. Yeah. Yeah. And at the best of times, when I've asked people who are, who understand how anaesthesia works, I'm like, it's a bit of a miracle. Better off not asking too much. It's a bit of a miracle. They stop your brain from talking to the rest of your body Oof. through drugs. So that you don't feel pain. It's like, I don't know if that's like, what? <laughs> that doesn't sound as scientific as I'm I would like it to be. Out. Well, mm. you know. Either, either we're terrible parents or we've just been really lucky because we haven't been once. Well, Ever. <clears throat> no. Wow. I'm sure there's a couple of incidents that's that may be a... Now, we never, when I say we haven't... Go <laughs> 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 on. Or maybe we should have. <laughs> when I say we haven't been to a hospital, we haven't been in Crumlin or Temple Street, but we've been like to the... Swift VHI, Care or yeah. the um, the the local community hospital for stitches or broken arms. Well, there was a rash. We went in with a rash, and we went in one with the kids. Uh, yeah, one of that sort of rash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you were doing the same sort of tumbler test, I presume, and that sort of. Yeah, yeah, and um, we would do, and we were again shortly after that. I just can't remember what that was about, but uh, yeah, we've had a couple of big wounds have opened that we've just dealt with ourselves, like Cuts. wiped it up and. Yeah. Well. Paper stitches and just 
we think we'll, we'll like we're like okay if the wound opens again yeah and if or if it's still bleeding in the morning right hospital but more often than not like a couple of paper stitches and he pressure to fix that shouldn't they <clears throat> yeah well this is usually at night or right um you're always worried when they have a big fall and a bit, any parents are going to if they're a parent <laughs> their kid is going to fall and cut themselves open or there are going to be lumps if you see the lump immediately you're like happy days what do you do with so that middle of the night thing but there's no G- GP is there like a call out yeah there is well that's what the um, this, it's, well, it wasn't VHI Swift Care it was another equivalent that's so other insurance well, brands are available I don't know if it's actually linked to your health insurance um, so that was that was fine but yeah once we <coughs> if we see the bump or like we probably don't need a uh, a trip to the hospital. What do you mean, what's the bump? As in, like, if they have a bad fall yeah. and the, the bump comes up immediately, a huge lump comes up immediately, yeah. that's a good thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Well, uh, it could be a concussion as well, which is obviously just you'd keep your eye on them for 24 hours. If they're throwing up, there might be a concussion issue. Then you need what to bring them What does the bump in. mean? What's that? Like, is that? The bump means that, like, it's swelling, it's protecting the area straight away. Okay. If there's no bump, internal you know, bleeding. it could be internal bleeding or some kind of a, uh, you know, a, a fracture internally that you probably need to be a bit more worried about so if your kid falls off the bed as everybody's kid probably does when they decide to start crawling for the first time with your back turned to them as happened to our first guy uh massive golf ball there in the middle of his forehead immediately oh. so i was actually inconsolable at the time Mickey was like don't worry about it it's just she was consoling me but uh we haven't had one where we've had a major fall and there's been no lump. But I have to say, I felt like the I felt like the only sap in this uh, <laughs> dynamic before. I've been the one who was saying the last day that I was sort of being the most the more sympathetic towards the child. But I feel I'm in decent enough company now. Uh, what do you mean? We were talking. What were we talking about the last, the last one? <laughs> He's kind of. Oh, we were we're insulting your wife as well. <laughs> we were talking about uh, le- allowing the child cry themselves to sleep. Yeah, exactly. And you were like, couldn't go on for more than a couple of minutes. No, it was, it was only because it was on my watch bed. I was so inconsolable. Well, because parents put them on beds. Oh, I know, I know. But you would think that, I don't know, there'd be warnings against it. Maybe there is. Well, I remember our a th- first... A three-month-old isn't going to fall off a bed. Our first... Six-month-old might. Uh, hang on, he just said a three-month-old fell off <laughs> <Did> a bed. <laughs> yeah. Was he three? Well, it must have been a prodigy then, able to move and roll over at three I months old. It was six months. But I, I do remember we were down home in Mayo, and maybe it was Christmas, it was like Stephen's Day. It's half six I'm just about to go out it's probably one of the first proper nights out parents are there I get to sleep in baby's on the bed just putting on the jacket baby falls straight off the bed How straight bloody back thoughtless of them, Nathan, straight back smashes the head <laughs> all hell breaks loosened obviously I can't go out oh no <laughs> like surely an hour later like no it was on. one of those it was, it, like, it was a tiled floor it was everything Oof. that could go wrong how utterly thoughtless was there blood was there claret? No, there was, as you say, you were oh. kind of going, oh, that was a bit bit hefty. You do, yeah. the, the fallibility, life's fallibility is rammed home to you pretty quickly, isn't it? Like your own, you don't, I don't think I've ever given as much consideration to my own fallibility or humanness than I have done to your mortality. For your mortality. <coughs> than I is that what you mean? Child. You yeah. mean like. Or, totally, that's exactly it. The mortality as opposed to Absolutely. I am a bit of a clown Pro- here. and pro- Probably all of those things, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the stuff, consider the stuff that you've done over your life where you think for this child you're sort of like they're so gentle and <laughs> fragile. And you don't like, want to think about it too much. It's like, you know, um, that's, a, that's an opportunity for you to reflect and go, okay, I'm going to change. <laughs> and then the second one is like, I'm definitely going to change now. <laughs> the third one's like, I thought it was too late. <laughs> it's, we've all been in a position where we're looking back on little moments and you think to yourself in the aftermath that could have been catastrophic 
that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. Of our, well, on ourselves. Yeah, Absolutely. I know, on, on the, involving the kids. Because you hear it about, you know, tragic incidents all the time. Oh, yeah. And you think to yourself, they run out could that have been me? Of course it could have been you. Because yeah. our youngest lad was on the road the other day. Now I'm talking maybe two seconds he was on the road. But he still got away from me. Yeah. And he was still already on the road by the time I realised he was on the road. Yeah. And if there's a car at that exact moment... I wouldn't be sitting here to this morning. Cars can't see a thing. Like they, it's, um, they're so you know yourself in driving. It's like yeah, so you can put as many you can put as many protection mm. mechanisms in the house as you as you want. You can spend as much time thinking about safety as you want. You can just be unlucky, and or you, you can be very like lucky. You, and you don't also want to go around all the time. I'm definitely acutely aware of it now as he gets more mobile. You don't want to all the time going around with him like this, having them on a dog leash and stuff like that. Like mm. you do need to give them a bit. They're handy though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you have dog leashes? No. If you we tried it at the start, it didn't work. They were all like, off. Oh. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Like Who's uh, the social services? <laughs> <laughs> we'd, uh, like that sort of fragility, morality <laughs> thing, we'd uh, like a very close <coughs> shave. We, well, sorry. We thought we had a very close shave with mortality, early doors with Con. I mean, it turned out he was just jaundiced and everything was absolutely fine. But uh, while we were still in the hospital after he was born, he was uh, clearly jaundiced. And... Um, Anyway, we uh, so anyway, this was going on. Obviously, people coming in and out visiting, and one of the chief nurses came down at one point, and uh, she said, "Okay, uh, mom, dad, outside now." So we were like, like brand new parents. Holy shit! What is this about? Like a really serious tone. Okay, um, he's got this thing going on, and we were like, she could have taught, she could have literally said any combination of words. Like some of it was going in, some of it wasn't going in. It was like this is a serious conversation. We're taking baby out of the room now. We're going to bring him up to the incubator up in the up in this other room. I'm like, like she could have said anything. But she could have said he had heart failure. It could have been anything. Like I didn't understand the gravity of it at all. So this was all a bit of a blow, and uh, my. Uh, some some of Wing's family were in there and all that, and we took him out, brought him up to the this incubator and sort of left him in, still not fully grasping what, how serious is this thing, and sort of trying to say to her like, well, how many you know kids a week mm. are you putting into this thing, and she was like, oh, you know, it happens all the time. It's like you know once a week. I'm like oh, once a week is pretty <laughs> it's pretty low. <laughs> this is like, and um, just managed to sort of all that process took me about a half an hour and we'd left him in this room and then we were going back to the room on our own and I just totally broke down I was like what's happening here like this this thing this magic thing we've just brought into the world it was like maybe 24 hours after he was born we've just had to abandon in this room like 10 metres up the hallway uh, and I just totally totally broke down like couldn't uh, quite get my head around it like in hindsight it was utter idiocy and I properly understood the thing and I started to do a bit of googling and they just needed to shine the lights on them to get it, the kidneys working a bit more to get everything sort of running through them in the way they should do. But uh, it obviously wasn't explained very well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it wasn't as grave as you were describing it now, clearly that should have been that message yeah, should have been got across probably, to you. Probably, yeah. probably, probably. Yeah. Bit of John the Yeah, yeah. But no, definitely, I didn't quite. I didn't definitely <coughs> quite grasp the, the significance. I just about managed to get back to the room before I just broke down like it was. Things aren't explained very well, though. No. Like, they really... Yeah. I mean, you come out of it at the end of it and you go, they should have told us a bit more about that. Like, yeah. So we, we did... Um, I keep banging on about the um, uh, antenatal classes, but definitely there it was like, oh, breastfeeding is completely natural. There's even these miracle babies that now the baby pops out and they leave the baby on the mum's tummy and the baby crawls up to the breast the first time. <laughs> and, uh, like... I'm and what? Someone did that. 
literally did that. That's what they're supposed to do, though. Yeah, she put her on, but put it, her on like, and she crawled up and was straight away. It, so, in, in when everything goes really well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's also very rare. Oh, yeah. Like well, most oh, things, it? Right, things didn't okay. go well yeah. after that, but... Um, but then the whole, oh, breastfeeding is perfectly natural and you'll get the hang of it every day or two. It's a little bit sore when the milk comes in, but otherwise, you know, just stick with it. Yeah. As opposed to, it's one of the most trying, yes. awful, horrific, dangerous, difficult, painful things that the mother's going to go through. If they warned you that it's really hard and difficult, then you might be prepared for it. As opposed to this, it's totally fine. Everybody does it all the time. Mm. It's like, you know, obviously that was something that we wanted. We wanted this to be a naturally fed baby for as long as possible, all of them. And ultimately they were, but like, it's heartbreaking because there's nothing anybody can do and there's incredible pain involved. But there was no warning of that at all. It was like, this will be a bit of a, you know, uh, like uh, when you get a, you know, you give blood, it's just gonna be a little prick. It's like, it'll mm. be over, it'll be over. But actually, like, uh, that was definitely one of the experiences that we felt cheated by the pre-information stuff on. And then you start to go and read about it because you haven't read about how difficult this is until it starts to be difficult and you're like millions and millions and millions and millions of people um, give up because it's so difficult. Mm. Uh, we, we're particularly bad for it here, by the way, it turns <coughs> out, in a global it's sense. Bad for what? For breastfeeding in, in Ireland. It's not something that, uh, they, exactly like you say, the education around it or the culture around it doesn't really exist like it exists in a lot of other countries. And um, The support yeah. network isn't great yeah. for people who haven't been through it or don't understand it either. It's a pretty like a grim spot. Yeah. Watching your wife uh, breastfeeding your son with tears running down her face because she's in such agony. Mm. And it's every two hours. And you know there's absolutely nothing you can do apart from just be there in the house in case you're needed. And no antenatal class told us that it could be that sore. Yeah. But if they had, at least you would have been prepared for it in some way. And yeah. Going, okay, this is actually natural. Yeah. They told this us we'll, some this we will get through as they told us this can happen. This isn't some reflection on you as a parent. Mm. This isn't some reflection on your child. Like, one of our kids, now that I think about it, um, had the, uh, the what you call it? Tongue tied. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had that as well, yeah. But, Let's um, go in and get it, get it clipped. Get it sniffed, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got it done and it was... I have a, rec a recollection of it being done, but in, I'm not even sure that, like... Mm. I Except there's no definitive advice that is given as well. Like, what we found was every single nurse or midwife told you something different yeah so like my wife had, a, hold or yeah, had an unbelievably tough time second time round ended up in hospital for five days with mastitis like could, literally could not get out of the bed to go to the hospital because the infection was all down one side <laughs> goes into the hospital the first thing it's said by the nurse is because you're not breastfeeding properly and she's like I'm going to kill you now, <laughs> and no judge in the land will convict me for your murder. Um, like my wife is obviously going, listen, I'm done with it. I'm going in a bottle. I need to be better. I have a six-day-old child who I want to be able to look after. I can't go near. Yeah. I'm in absolute agony. No, 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 no. Listen, we're not giving you a bottle in here. You need to keep going. She's like, no. Stop yeah. for a minute well, and that's, just. That's their approach. Well, that's the problem. The philosophy the is, is yeah, yeah, exactly. is no matter what, yeah. we're going to push, we're going to push. Whereas then the community midwives come out and they're like, just ignore that, do whatever to make you happy right. and your child happy. Yeah, and like, there's a lot of politics around it, obviously, which you're only subliminally aware of until you kind of end up in the midst of it. And ultimately, I think that if everybody just told the truth about it. This is a really good thing to do if you can possibly do it. It's going to be very hard. There will be setbacks along the way. We have the following support structures in place for when you need them. These are the downsides. These are the risks. 
these are the upsides and these are the benefits. Now you can make an informed decision. Mm. You can always go back to the bottle if you want at some point. Don't worry about it. Yeah. There's no value judgment being made here. You can use them in conjunction. I think we did that for a while as well. Yeah. Whereas, it, uh, like, definitely it was, no, no, no. If the baby doesn't crawl up, then what's wrong with you? Mm. Like, it, it wasn't like that. But it was definitely a, a kind of superior sense of, um, yeah. That was it. That was Boobs are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Not in the way we once imagined. <laughs> That's the headline for this uh, for this podcast. That's the extracted line. That the, I thought you meant by the politics of. That's pretty phenomenal stuff, really. The way the body actually works and manages to tell itself to produce that stuff to keep. Like, I think that's pretty. Let's take our collective hats off to boobs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's all hail. I remember having to go and buy um, breast pads and mother care boots like on day one or day two. Oh, yeah, um, I did that. And uh, I was in and I was like, so a, a woman comes over who works in the shop and she's like looking at me and looking at the things and looking at me and looking at me. <laughs> Our nipples inverted. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, what I'm difference does it make? Conversation with you. But I uh, know, like, totally, totally. I mean, up on that floor, it's a Boots and Jervis Centre where, like, there's literally, it's always empty apart from new dads in buying stuff and women who desperately need stuff. And no one gives a shit at that point because it's like, well, okay, we, there's a knowing look. Yes, yes, yes. We've just been through the same scenario that you guys have been through. Um, but yeah, the, the, like, there's definitely a. A change in your life and like oh I'm gonna be very private about all my details about stuff and then you're on the labor ward and this shit is flying literally <laughs> <laughs> you're like all right okay. I remember the first time I heard about that I was I was like Whoa. what what happens yeah maybe we shouldn't linger on that one it didn't actually end up but um <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> The other thing. <laughs> Let's not go around the table on that one. That was, that was some serious backtracking. We're all climbing up here. That most definitely did not happen to us. I know. I've just heard about it from yeah. other people. Ooh, does that happen? Oh. I mean, I did hear about it from people. Yeah. <laughs> around yeah. the table. Uh, the other thing that happened that I remember from the first one was like this weird imposter syndrome where we got the baby home for the first time and. Um, I remember taking the baby out for a walk to go to the shops the first, very first time. And bizarrely, because we live in a street where there's never any guards, a guard walked past our front door. Like, well, actually, I was kind of about five yards down from our house, so he hadn't seen me coming out of the house. And I was like, if this guard stopped me now and said, that's not your baby, I would have no, I, I couldn't possibly, you know, I couldn't explain anything about this child. I know nothing about it. So it's like, is that yours? I mean, I, you know, I mean, I hope so, but... Uh, can I've been told it, it is. <laughs> Can you prove it? I actually can't. I'm like... I mean, you're not too bad. My child is half Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> what but do you think that's like? <laughs> even if it was your wife walking the baby, she wouldn't have been able to prove well, it. I, was, I, I know, but do you know what I mean? It was that, like, I, How does this thought enter your head? I had that conversation. I, I think it was last it's night it's with my wife. It's this weird sense of like, am I... Is this all happening? Is this am a real... Am I allowed real, to have this? <laughs> am I allowed to have this on yeah, my own? Yeah, Certainly. Yeah, like, yeah. For the very first time you do it, you're like... Yeah. Well, I, I literally said to my wife yesterday, if we were to put her in the middle of a hundred babies, do you think you'd know which one is ours? A hundred newborns, all the same age. A hundred babies no, the same wouldn't. age. No. Would, you be able to, no. would you know for sure which one is no. ours? 
I, I have difficulty telling the baby photographs apart now. Which one is that? <laughs> Which one of the three is that? I can just about tell, because obviously I was in a tux with the second one, so that rules out Robin. <laughs> but the other two, I'm like, well, I mean, obviously I've aged significantly <laughs> from the first one. It's like a... When you walked into the hospital, like, were you, you were like Florian Tovan at Newcastle in the tux, rocking into work every day, and it was just a little bit inappropriate. Uh, well, they, they were like, they were like, oh, finally you made it. You yeah. know, because my sisters have been there doing the hard bits. Um, so I, that was the other thing. I've never been in the labour ward, like the pre. So I've always checked in and gone straight to this thing is, is happening right now. Yeah. Um, or So we've never had that experience of the kind of holding pens that everybody else kind of <laughs> goes, ooh. What are those experiences like? Depends. Um, depends what process you're involved in. We, 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 our first was induced. So that changes the go moves the goalposts in a significant way. Also, no fun. It's a uh, it's an awful um, process to be honest. It's Heavy just so jokes. artificial, and um, there's nothing natural about it. And there's no hard and fast rules as to how successful or how quickly it'll be successful, or at all, if at all. And uh, so our first was <clears throat> just an absolute nightmare, really. And we were in the holding pen for certainly 12, 13 hours anyway. Um, Before you get to the delivery suite? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. What the fuck are you doing? Actually, probably longer than that. I'd say maybe 17 or 18 hours. So there's a, there's a bed at least, but it's like a... There's a bed and... The, and uh, there's a curtain, yeah. A thousand other people coming and going. And you're told, you f- you feel, well, your wife feels like this is it is actually happening now, and then you're told, actually, no, this is just pre-labor pains. That's not the news you want to hear. And then you're told after the first bout of drugs that, like, you're one centimetre and the whole process is going to have to be restarted mm. all over again. And you're just, you're obviously, as the, as the man in the, involved in the process, completely helpless. And you're just thinking, like, how much longer can we, can we cope with this? Eventually, things began to speed up and you, we moved out of that pre Delivery room ward, the holding cabin, you call it, because that's a really good way of putting it. The problem for us afterwards is that when once they, the baby did arrive, there was no space in the... Uh, Delivery suite? Yeah. Right. So we were in a pre-labor ward with a newborn. Oh, no. All right. Which we only realized, and which uh, my wife only realized during the night, because it dawned on her pretty soon into her stay there that her baby was the only one that was crying. Because she was the only one with the baby. Because she was the only one with the baby. <laughs> so personally, she was thinking, God, like, what's wrong with our fella? Everybody else's baby is just like, because it's a bit dark. All the lights are off bar. It's a bit of artificial <laughs> light in here or there. She said, why is our fella the only one who's getting upset and all these other mothers seem to be getting a great night's sleep? Well, it turns out because there were no other babies <laughs> in the room. So that wasn't great, either, because then she became very self-conscious about keeping mothers awake who were clearly in pain because yeah, they yeah. were in pre-labor. Yeah. And uh, everybody's experience of that 12 to 24 hours before the baby is just going to be completely different because the second one there was no pre-labor ward because the water broke on the floor of the hospital reception and the dude arrived 15 minutes later so it was completely opposite extreme of the first one but i mean i think anyone listening to this discussion his wife ends up being induced it's good luck with that (laughs) 
<laughs> As a broad stroke, by the way, <laughs> all of you. I'll say that uh, our child was induced five weeks ago, and it wasn't that bad. Okay, come okay, on. Okay, right. So, but, but we were in. We were in the. I've proved that there is a full spectrum. We, we were leg. in that holding head for about eight hours. But the other weird, the weird thing was so like, so there's lots of things going on because. Everybody, there could be, what, 15, 16 women in that holding pen, all of whom at different stages, some of whom have been in the hospital for a couple of months at this stage and have sort of been moved around and some of them are on the verge and you're there wondering, like, there wasn't much happening, we, we, we went in first. But then at 11 o'clock, there was a definite sense of, oh, we're probably going to have to induce you. They'd said we're, they were going to leave us 24 hours to see what had happened. At 11 o'clock, it's, yeah, space has come up, actually. So we can bring yeah. you in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And both the two of us are like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on you said 24 hours, so I can't have my day planned out a little bit here. <laughs> Mentally, I'm thinking, I'll get through till 10 o'clock tonight, I'll listen to a few podcasts, and then we'll start thinking, baby. We're not going in right now to have the baby. And eventually, there was complications that they were like, no, no they said it was complications. Mm. Either way, we end, went in straight away at 11 o'clock, but literally it was... You're insinuating yeah, that they lied to you to give you the... Uh... Well, no, but... I, I, they were clearly not doing anything that was putting mother Risk. or baby in danger. Yeah. But what they were saying was, this is an extremely busy labor ward, as you can see. <laughs> right now, we have a spare room. We have a midwife ready to go. You're going to be induced at some stage. Why not just do it now rather than... You don't have much power in that conversation to go, no, stay in put. One of the most inappropriate things I've ever heard in our office was when uh, you were about maybe two days overdue and you came in and everybody's like, oh, how's it going? What's the story? How's your wife? And Adrian goes, oh, the landing gear's down. <laughs> 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 to maintain the analogy, though, like the, it's just air traffic control at that point where yeah. they're like, you come in, you, we've got a yeah. slot, get the gel on, off yeah. you go, get them out. Like, well, what they were them. saying was, so if we, I think their thinking was, if we leave it, when you do go into labour, we may not have a room, mm. which may mean you are here with these 16 other women for a good chunk of yeah. your labour and we'll only put you in at the very last minute. Give me Whereas that gel, you please. Can go in and have See, a but room. That's on the assumption that the gel works. Yeah. yeah. Didn't work in our case. Yeah, we had something similar. We short, maybe six hours, something like that. What's the gel? Word. They put the gel in there. That's, that, is, that is the... It's the trigger. I, don't, I can't them. remember. Oxytocin, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what they I would thought say. they put it in by drip. Would that not be? I think there's a comment. There's a few things. Must be a few ways to do it. Or it wasn't a drip with us. Ours was a drip. Yeah. Um, It was a gel, and then it's supposed to trigger labour, but it didn't. I mean, you might not. You might not. (laughs) We did ask to see the gel. It wouldn't be visible to the naked eye. (laughs) We did a full night, full night of that, and uh, no centimeters. How did our lives degenerate? That was at that point. It was like right. That's a heartbreaking uh, ah, listen. moment when you're told that yeah. after all these hours. Yeah, you're actually at zero or one and you're just going like that. No, will you check again? There must be a mistake yeah. here. Anything. Clearly, anything your, clearly your ruler is not working properly. But at least that clarity of no movement was like, well, there's only one option and we went for a C-section. Like right. it wasn't, there was no ambiguity about it. Yeah. It was like, look, I know that you'd rather have a vaginal birth. That's really, doesn't look like it's happening. This is what we're doing. Are we gone? We're gone. Game on. Game on. What's that like? Is landing, that, landing gear was down. I didn't have any, we didn't have any experience of that. What's the... C-section was, it was fine. Like, I've nothing to compare it with, right? But it was... Um, it's quick, though. It's like a half hour in Pretty quick, yeah. Like, uh, so that was the first time they sort of took wing off and they brought her in, got her prepped. I stayed outside and uh, they threw out the gear to so you put all the sort of blue stuff around your head and your shoes and all that stuff. And Get to feel like a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> and then they sort of bring you on in. There's a full team of people. You sort of walk into this, like, really bright room, obviously, into the... Um, to give birth and they bring up a sort of drop a curtain where the 
uh, consultant is getting about their business the other side of the curtain and I explained before those sort of conversations that were had and um, it all seemed a bit, it all happened very quickly and I mean it all seemed, I would use the word, quite natural actually. Like I don't have anything to compare with obviously in terms of um, having had any other children yet but uh, it, all, it actually all seemed quite natural. I know that I know people like... People use the term natural birth about vaginal birth in itself. I find it a bit... Um, it's to suggest that a C-section or whatever, which I believe I was born by myself, um, was is unnatural. You, you and Macbeth. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Me, Macbeth and my son are the only three people that's ever happened to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Which all seems... Because I'm not to compare with it. It all just seemed quite normal and natural. And, like, I guess it's easy, easier for the mother, right? Like, there's, there's a bit more recuperation on the other side, but... Um, Went, yeah, it was There's a lot I more mean, recuperation on the other you. side, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of pain, a lot there's of sores. You can't, can't drive. Yeah. You probably can't move for a couple yeah, of days. Exactly. Yeah, just like you just stay off, lay off driving for three or four weeks, and um, yeah, yeah. Look, clearly a lot of sort of pain, so it's hard to move, and you've got mm. a brand new child who's not swimming their way up your uh, yeah. up your body to get at the boob. But no, it was all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're having another one in a couple of months, so I'll report back to you if there's any. Who? Depending on how things go there, is there any difference? Do you, does that influence your thinking about what happens the next time? Well, we, we've gone in with a plan anyway of here's what we'd like to see happen and like normal births, no drugs, everything is going to be fine, la 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 la. So we'll probably do the same thing again. And But like we were fully prepped for it. If it doesn't happen like that, it's fine. We'll do the other thing. Like like I'm saying, it wasn't, there was no choice we made. The consultant yeah, yeah. came in and we'd yeah. trusted him when he said, look at here's what's happening there's no movement so like we could stay at this now for another two, another two days but I don't think that's really safe so the no go. drugs thing just like a, it's a completely personal thing but uh, <coughs> one of those few opportunities you get in life to legally take the most heavy duty drugs available to you under uh, medical supervision I'm like hey, give me the drugs give me the drugs with the epidural whatever whatever you got yeah. give me that give me the hippie crack come on <laughs> yeah but they put the epidural into your spinal cord. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. The, that's the issue. With oh. it, yeah. yeah, but yeah, you're not getting a high off it. <laughs> well, you're not feeling anything <laughs> either. There's definitely a benefit to that. I was like, yeah, oh, this is great. Um, me up, man. Hook me up, man. Now that you mentioned epidural, the like the first time that we were in um, the hospital with our youngest, again, you're kind of like I think this might have been twelve weeks in. So it's like we're we've been parents for three months, and um, she'd become unresponsive. Funny enough, she'd become unresponsive after we'd been at the doctors getting uh, vaccinated. Obviously unconnected, but like you're thinking, Jesus, what's going on here? Mm. Um, and Sorry, when you say unresponsive, what do you mean? She'd become like l- a bit listless okay. and kind of, you know, not asleep, not awake, kind of just... Uh, so you bring her to the hospital and she didn't improve at, at any point and had a very high temperature. And a registrar came over who I'd heard say, yeah, this is my third day. Oof. And she was like, look at this thing going... Yeah, I'm just going to do a lumbar puncture here to make sure that... Um, and I was, like, looking at her going, I just heard you say you've been working for three days. And she doesn't mean, like, this is her third day in the ward. It means she's been working solidly three for three days, like 100 hours in a row. She went off anyway, finished her shift, and the next person came along. And then uh, a little bit of drink went in, and boom, 25 minutes later, she's like, oh, whatever it was that you've given me has really helped her. And I was like... The medical staff are so far stretched that sometimes their decision making is compromised. Could a lumbar puncture in a twelve week old? Like, what are you talking about? No way. No thanks for that. What would you have done? I would have stopped them. I definitely at that point I would have like I need to see a consultant. 
and I need to see a consultant who hasn't been working three days in a row. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't known that, you would have just mm. been like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, you have to do the lumbar puncture because that's the right thing to do. I don't know. Anyway, look, we'll talk about um, schools and uh, and the bits that happen when your children actually start to answer back to you. Do you want my newborn story of the week? Quickly, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I mentioned previously that uh, so our latest. Three days, she didn't poop, first three days. So it was obviously panic stations of lack of poop. So this was her first three days, and I was changing her, and she pooped, and pooped, and pooped, and pooped, and pooped, and pooped. <laughs> Projectile poop, Ooh. right across the sitting room floor. That was only which in my, the movies. Which my wife didn't believe. She was like, <laughs> was like you did that. I was like, I'm telling you. She was here, right over there is where the poop ended up. It was a miraculous thing. Tuesday evening, the baby decides to start pooping. And keeps pooping while the nappy has been changed. My wife is changing her on the couch. Oh. <laughs> on the couch. Rookie mistake. Like, I'm, like, come on. If I was changing the baby on the couch, I'd be getting smacked over the head for it. <laughs> so she's already filled one nappy. She's pooping into the open nappy, essentially, still, while you're just hoping just finish, finish, finish. So again, she fills that nappy. My wife's like, she's done. There's a little cough. <clears throat> the grand finale. Projectile, as she had done five weeks earlier, right the way across the couch, right onto my wife, <laughs> all over the couch. You were delighted. I was delighted. <laughs> you were doing a lap of honor. Homer Simpson. Told you. Yeah, couch destroyed. Uh, you can complain about this stuff uh, wherever you want, but we'll only listen to it if you send it to <laughs> it by email. Dagcast at offtheball.com is our email address. We will set up that Twitter account. I keep promising it. Hopefully by the time this goes live, actually, we will already have done it. But uh, my thanks to everybody for downloading this. Uh, share this with your friends and uh, give us your parenting queries if you'd like anybody in the room to answer them. <laughs> Maybe don't. Just tell us your own story and we'll bring it there. Thanks very much. See you next week.